Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, January 26, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm telling you on a Sunday podcast, Grace Lucky. Grace, we are heading into the last weekend of the month. So I think you and I, we haven't really discussed this. We haven't finalized it, but you and I need to do a Patreon exclusive episode. So we'll be doing something over the weekend. It won't necessarily be a... Q&A because we did one of those at the end of the year. But if you do have some questions, feel free to send them to us at Patreon at Broadway Radio. So Patreon at Broadway Radio, we can answer those. But Grace, you and I can maybe talk about all of the news that we've had and what we're thinking about this upcoming season because uh, there is certainly a lot to talk about. If you want to hear that, head over to Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash Broadway Radio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon and sign up for the mezzanine tier and above. All right, Grace. I'm sorry to have to do this, but I have to tell you, we are getting another show on Broadway this spring for one night only. So don't get too worried, everybody out there. But- I said, shut up, Matt, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just one night only. Alan Cumming is not acting his age. will play on March 11th at Studio 54. This is a solo show with a band that he recently did in the West, and it talks about Everything from sex to death and debauchery and features a set list that ranges from Kander and Ebb songs to contemporary favorites, as well as songs that Cumming wrote by himself. In a statement, he said, the cabaret genre and Studio 54 are both utterly defining parts of my life and career. So to be able to combine the two, taking my latest show to this beautiful and iconic venue is a dream come true and a coming home wrapped up in one. And where better to discuss not acting your age than the home of hedonism and bacchanalia. So I think this is great. I I have not seen this show, but I saw, I guess it was probably his last show, Alan Cumming, oh, non-resident alien or something illegal, non-illegal immigrant or something like that uh, at Studio 54. And it was, or I'm sorry, at uh, Joe's Pub. And it was fantastic. He's such a master storyteller and doing it. In this venue where Cabaret, of course, originally played with him in it is uh, is fantastic. So very much looking forward to that. If you want to purchase tickets, they are on sale today, Friday, January 26th. We will have a link in the show notes to where you can get them. But this is great, Grace. Adding another show to Broadway, but not, not one that we have to worry too much about uh, tiring us out. Yeah, no, this is going to be excellent. I'm such a fan of Alan. I've gotten to hang out with him. He's like the coolest, funniest, like best storyteller ever. So I think that this is a really exciting thing. And the thing is like, people have great stories from Club Coming. Like there's still a gorgeous oh little uh, <laughs> sign outside of Studio 54. So um, I'm excited for him to return home. I just saw one. I think it was him telling the story. And I'm not going to remember everybody who was involved, but... Somebody had just gone to see Paul McCartney in concert. Have you heard this story? No. It was Alan and somebody else, a woman, uh, a, 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 a woman singer of some sort, had gone to see Paul McCartney. And afterwards, along with Paul McCartney, they all decided to go to Club Coming. And I, I don't remember what happened. The woman wanted to get up and perform. And somebody said, Paul, do you want to get up and sing something for the crowd? And he was like, absolutely not. I just did a three-hour concert, but I will accompany whoever this woman was on the piano. So he went up and played for this other person who sang. And I forget the whole story, but if someone knows that or knows where I can find the clip, please feel free to send me a, uh, send it to me and I will put it in the show notes for Monday's episode. But haven't been to Club Coming. That should definitely be on my list for uh, some time in the future. 
All right, Grace, on yesterday's show, you talked about your thoughts, or maybe two days ago, your thoughts about Once Upon a Mattress at New York City Center. And we have started to see some of the reviews come in for this, and they are all very positive. Of course, this show is the first of Encore's 30th anniversary season. It is running for two weeks through February 4th. In the show, Sutton Foster plays Princess Winifred. Michael Yuri plays Prince Dauntless. And it has an incredible cast featuring Nikki Renee Daniels, Jay Harrison G., Cheyenne Jackson, Harriet Harris, Francis Jew, and David Patrick Kelly. And the reviews are all really good. I'm going to start with uh, Theater Mania. And uh, David Gordon had some really interesting things to, to say about what they decided to do with this rather than reinventing the show a tremendous amount, kind of like what you said, Grace. They did make some substantive changes, but they really are more or less just letting Once Upon a Mattress be Once Upon a Mattress. He said, quote, We're not talking rocket science here, and in the rare case of the theater industry not trying to performatively fix what isn't broken, DeBessonet gives us a Once Upon a Mattress that looks and feels like Once Upon a Mattress, casual misogyny and all. Sherman Palladino, Amy Sherman Palladino, who's credited with the concert adaptation, probably lets too much of the book remain. By the middle of the second act, we're more than ready to get to the point. But aside from adding a couple of jokes and conflating two characters into one, the narrator minstrel is gone, his songs and situations assigned to J. Harrison G's Jester, this is the show we all did in fifth grade, albeit with much better costumes and a 26-piece orchestra dazzlingly playing the Golden Age Hershey K. Arthur Beck and Carol Huxley orchestrations of Roger's Amazing Score. The other ones that I want to hit real quick are uh, Alyssa Gardner writing for the New York Sun who said, quote, it's Miss Foster who truly carries the show, albeit with sparkling assistance from Mr. Yuri in their scenes together. All of this leading lady's leading assets are on display here, from her sometimes underused capacity for dry, sly humor to that energizer bunny-like exuberance. The latter fuels rollicking and very funny production numbers, starting with a show-stopping shy performed upon Winifred's interest after swimming a moat as she's still pulling leeches and other small animals from her body and hair. Grace, you mentioned how important Sutton Foster uh, was to presumably you and to many other musical theater lovers, uh, boy or girl, kind of kind of seeing themselves on stage in a silly, goofy, dorky person uh, for the first time. But shy is certainly a number where she is able to let all of her, to borrow a phrase from another show that she started, all of her freak flags fly and uh, just kind of be weird and goofy and quirky. Yeah, I almost wonder if too, like, she was a little shy about going full sudden. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I I kind of had a little bit of like, actually, like, you can yeah. belt this one out. You know, it wasn't giving like astonishing or anything, um, but it was it was perfect. So I, I'm I'm saying that this is this is great. And I love all the notes that you just read about the uh, of Amy Sherman Palladino's book, um, this adaptation and combining the characters and whatnot. So that's great. It's funny you say like going full Sutton, like she's getting ready to take over as Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd on Broadway. And that's pretty much how I described what Mrs. Lovett was like with uh, Annalee Ashford. She was going full Annalee Ashford. So I can only imagine that Sutton's going to go in there and do all of her quirky Suttonisms in that role as well. And I, I would think that they're going to let her kind of be her and not have to stick to the format that Anna Lee did. So I will certainly be interested to hear what people say. Uh, about what her 
individual take on uh, Mrs. Lovett is like, because I'm sure it'll be just as crazy and kooky as you can imagine. We do have a number of highlight videos in the show notes if you want to check out some of the uh, the scenes and songs from that show. All right, Grace, I am coming into town next month, and one of the shows that I'm still hoping to see, uh, we'll see what happens with the uh, the press reps there, but... Uh, that is the MCC Theater's world premiere of the new musical, The Connector. This is directed and was originally conceived by Daisy Prince and features a score by Jason Robert Brown. Jonathan Mark Sherman wrote the book. It has been extended. It was originally only supposed to play until mid-February. It has now been extended to March 3rd. I would not be surprised if that gets pushed back even more because I think it is a very, very tough ticket to get. The cast is tremendous. Ben Levi Ross and Hannah Cruz play two young journalists. Other people in the cast include Scott Bakula, Joanna Carpenter, Max Crum, Ashley Perez, uh, Jessica Miloski, uh, Alicia Roman, and others. So assuming I can get those tickets, Grace, you and I, MCC, back and better than ever again. Yeah. Let us be more connecting pieces. I have to see this damn show. Don't be weird. Give us seats, please, so we can talk yes. about it. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned Jessica Malaski in this show. I'm going to talk about her again here in a little bit, so we will catch back up with her. Also news that we got on Thursday, Disney Theatrical is getting ready to launch a new tour of Beauty and the Beast. It'll be a completely reimagined production. It'll go on a North American tour beginning in June of 2025. It'll have all of its technical rehearsals and performances in Schenectady at Proctor's Theater. And then in July, it'll officially open at the Cadillac Palace Theater in Chicago. It'll also stop at Minneapolis's Orpheum Theater before going on a full two-year tour with dates to be announced. There is no official Broadway plans for this tour, but before the pandemic, there was plans to bring Beauty and the Beast back to Broadway. So will this be that? We don't know. Um, it'll be directed and choreographed by Matt West. This is not connected to the production that played multiple times at the Olney Theater Center that was directed by Broadway radio guest Marsha Milgram Dodge that starred uh, Jade Jones and Evan Ruggiero. This is a completely different production, so we will have to see what that's all about. But if you love you some classic Disney on Broadway, Beauty and the Beast is uh, is more or less where it all got started, so it'll be fun to see that one as well. In the last little bit of show and casting news that we have, Grace, it was announced yesterday that the one and only Tony Danza will star in an invite-only industry reading of a new play by Michelle Alden Kushner called Radio Galaxy. It'll take place at the New York Library for Performing Arts on February 2nd. The work centers on a teenage science prodigy whose biological father unexpectedly enters his life. It is directed by David S. Bjornsson. It will also include... Oscar Williams, uh, Ratisha Chakrabarty, Ami Sheath, and Alok Tawari. And then this is a little outside of the show and casting stuff, Grace. So I want to talk about this a little bit, but this is very cool. The Obie Awards have kind of announced that they are changing up how they do it. The Obie Awards are presented by the American Theater Wing. They used to have partners, and those have come and gone as finances have changed. They run their seasons a little differently. This upcoming uh, awards goes from September 1st of 2022 through August 31st of 2023. They are going to announce all of their winners on Saturday, uh, January 7th at 7.30 p.m. Some of the winners will be announced on New York One's on stage show and then the complete um, 
the complete list will be on obiawards.com right afterwards. But instead of having a big ceremony, they are going to have pre-recorded acceptance speeches to go along with those. And winners will receive grants ranging from $1,000 to $5,000 to support the further growth of the artists. I think this is a great idea. The Obies has kind of struggled to keep its its place going because of the different sponsorship agreements that it's had with other organizations. And I think it was it was always done with the Village Voice, which does not exist anymore. So I think this is a way that the American Theater Wing can make this a much more impactful and meaningful honor, especially with it not being part of the traditional award season in the in the spring grace so i love this all of these people are very deserving and uh giving them money to kind of make things a little easier is always good yeah and the thing is like the more uh, with these types of programs the more we know about them like the more successful they'll probably be um for other opportunities in the future all right, let's finish up with a feel-good recommendation. I recommend that you go over to wherever you get your streaming music because the one and only Stephen Pasquale has released a new album called Stephen Pasquale, colon, Some Other Time. I've not had a chance to listen to it, but after we record, I'm heading out. So I'll put this on my phone in the car. It is coming to us from our friends over at Center Stage Records, and it is a uh, a showcase of American songbook stuff. Um, he also collaborates with jazz guitarist John Pizzarelli. Um, it includes songs like When I Fall in Love, Young at Heart, This Nearly Was Mine, Smile, The Impossible Dream, and of course the title song Some Other Time. Um, a vinyl edition is expected later this year, but I wanted to mention because it was recorded over two days and it was produced by Pizzarelli and... Jessica Malaski. So she has been uh, very busy both in the studio and on stage with JRB. So looking forward to listening to this. Grace, you've recorded an album or worked on an album with Stephen Pasquale before, and hearing him sing is always a treat, whether it's in person, in a studio, or on an album. No, he's so excellent. Even seeing him, I don't know why I didn't tweet this, but like seeing him in um, Here We Are, Stephen Pasquale mm-hmm. and Sondheim means... Stephen Pasquale's going to hold a gun while he's singing. That's just what's going to happen. Uh, I love that. That's very funny. Very good. All right, Grace, any other recommendations that you have for people as we head into the weekend? I feel like with the weather being absolute garbage, if you find that someone you know and love is performing at a cabaret venue, Green Room 42, Midnight Theater, 54 Below, all of those great places that we love to talk about here on Broadway Radio, and you are able to get out, go see them. This is a hard time for anybody uh, during the the theatrical season. So um, anyone that you have wanted to see, this is probably a great time to go see them in concert or cabaret. That's my recommendation is to actually scour everyone's agendas because this is kind of like the perfect moment to add that to your calendar. Absolutely. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio, and you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. 